on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Here it is, swinging in a pop-up into very shallow center. Jackie Bradley Jr. is there, and this one is over. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. The winning continues for the Brewers. They knock off Pittsburgh today by a 7-4 score. Brewers were down 4-0. They score the final seven runs in this game against a Pirates team that is certainly struggling, and they have taken the first two games of this series, and they have another series win against a divisional opponent. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. We are live at American Family Field. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620 for your phone calls and your text messages. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers, uh, pick up the win today. And the thing that really struck me is how often did, did I say it? How often did Craig Council say it? How often did every player say it? That as the season went along, there were going to be games where the hitters picked up the pitchers. And in some ways, that, that describes today. Now, I don't think Corbin Burns pitched poorly. He did not get a whole lot of help behind him of the four runs that Burns gave up today. Only two of them were earned. But the bottom line is, Burns only makes it through four innings today. He was not incredibly sharp in this game. And from an offensive standpoint, the Brewers, again, against a bad team, but you can only, you can only play the teams that are on the schedule – Against a bad team, the Brewers were able to uh, put up seven runs as they come away with the win. We are going to be uh, with you this evening for the next hour and ten minutes, taking you until 8.30. If you'd like to uh, join us, as I mentioned, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Coming up a little bit after 8 o'clock, we will hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council, who's uh, not going to be managing uh, tomorrow's uh, game. If you uh, heard it during the pregame show with uh, Bob Euchre, he mentioned this tomorrow uh, for Craig Council. He's going to be attending uh, his son's high school graduation. So he is taking the day off work tomorrow, and Pat Murphy is going to uh, serve as the manager for tomorrow's game. Uh, that was mentioned. That was not public until uh, it got onto uh, the radio broadcast earlier today. Day, and then uh, it was confirmed to uh, the rest of the media during his uh, post-game press conference that just ended a bit ago. Again, we'll replay that coming up uh, a little bit after 8 o'clock. Of course, we'll go back through the game with the highlights as well. We'll do that uh, next hour uh, as the Brewers come up with the win. And they get the win with a lineup that was a little bit unconventional just in who was in there. Scheduled days off for Avisayo Garcia and Luis Arias. And with that, uh, Jace Peterson was in the leadoff spot today. He was playing in right field. You had Daniel Robertson getting the start at second base. And give the Brewers credit. They were able to they were able to score runs with a lineup that on paper did not look like their best lineup. Uh, but they gave a couple guys a, a couple uh, gave you know a couple guys a day off, and they were able to still put together a pretty solid offensive day, scoring the seven runs. Look, the the Pirates helped. The Pirates absolutely did help. They commit two errors today. Uh, from a walk standpoint, it's not the eleven walks that uh, they issued yesterday. 
But uh, Chad Cool, the starter, does issue four walks, and those came back to uh, to bite him. So, uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a game, and this is a win today for the Brewers. You're supposed to beat the Pirates. You are supposed to beat the Pirates. We've talked about this a lot. We talked about it uh, on on last night's show. For whatever reason, at times it seems like the Brewers have played down to their opponents over the last few years. That doesn't seem to be what they're doing this year, and it's certainly not what they're doing right now because they're on this pretty much month straight of playing against teams that are below 500, and they are winning these games, and they're winning them at, at a really high clip. And if this ends up being a playoff team this year, you might look back at this period and say this is when they were able to really start to accumulate a bunch of wins that set them up for the rest of the season. They've done well against Washington. They've done well against Arizona. They're doing well against the Pirates. They've won a series against the Reds. They're still going to see Arizona again. They're going to see Colorado twice. They've got Cincinnati coming up uh, again in this uh, stretch of games as well. So their job is to just take as many of these games as possible when they're playing against opponents who are below 500. And uh, so far, they have been able to do a very, very good job at that. The Brewers right now, they've got the third best record in the National League. Only the uh, two top teams over in the National League West have a better record. The San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the, the Giants are 39-24. and 24, The Dodgers are 38-25. and 25. The Brewers now 10 games above 500. That's a new high watermark. Uh, they have the third best record in the National League. They're a half game in front of the Cubs, who are playing right now against the Cardinals. And uh, the Cubs could pull even with the Brewers if they do beat the Cardinals today. But uh, that, that says a lot about the way this team is playing. And I've said this a lot, and I'll say it again. When they were 17-10 and 10, right at the beginning of May, they had the best record in the National League. But you were kind of waiting for the next, uh, next you know, shoe to drop is just that uh, there were so many guys that were injured, and they were winning those games just on pitching. And I'm not going to tell you that the offense has completely come alive and all of a sudden this is an, an offensive juggernaut. They're not. But they're having much better offensive days today. Uh, or right, you know, recently the seven runs on eight hits. They're scoring, you know, consistently four or five runs a game. That the team batting average is poking up just just a little bit. It's up to two thirteen now. They'd been at two ten, two eleven for a while. Nobody's going to get excited about two thirteen for a team batting average. And quite honestly, really. At the end of the year, they're probably going to have a team batting average that's not very good because they essentially played two months, one-third of the season, where they were hitting around 200, just a little bit better than 200. That's a, that's a tough hole to dig out of, but I do think it's going to be noteworthy and it's something that we're going to keep uh, tabs on as the season goes along. What are the team's offensive numbers really from the start of June moving forward? Because that's been kind of the moment where uh, they've been able to put more things together from an offensive standpoint. Brewers get the win today, 7-4 over the Pirates. They've taken the first two. They're looking for a series sweep coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620 or you can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are live at American Family Field. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Swing and a liner, and that one hit. Gonzalez in the leg, and he's hurting. Reyes a big turn and wisely will hold as the Pirates now through that ball away. There's no 
Pablo Reyes is going to wind up at third base. Three total errors in this game and other plays that don't go as errors that could have been made. This was not an especially pretty game, especially over the first uh, four innings or so. Really after the fourth, the kind of the, the thing kind of went on cruise control after that. This game was dragging. It took about two hours to get through those first four innings. And then uh, once you got into the fifth inning, really the kind of the the game sort of ended in a way. I hope you understand what I'm saying in this because I, I realized that they played the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth innings. But when you look back on it, the game in many ways ended when Trevor Richards got the back-to-back-to-back strikeouts when he came into the game and the uh, bases were loaded and there was nobody out. That From that point forward, really not a whole lot remarkable happened in this game after that point. And the, what, what big outs recorded? By Richards. I mean, that was, that was some big-time stuff right there. That, that's his most important outing since he has been with the Brewers, and that was fun to see. That was exciting. The crowd here, obviously electric when, uh, when, when that happened, and that's going to be, I think, for many people, we'll see what Richards does the rest of the way. There was, that, that's kind of the, that's the mark right now for him that you think of when, uh, when he got the opportunity to have a big moment he was able to come through. And even if you give up a run or two in that situation, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, the you come in bases loaded, nobody out. If you give up one run, that's considered kind of a victory. If you give up two runs, you're you're okay with it. That's sort of the the cap that you want to put on it if you've got a pitcher that's coming in in that situation. Anytime you can come into a bases loaded, no out situation, and do what Richards did today, that, that's a special moment for him, and that was, uh, that was cool to be able to see. Uh, from the Brewers' post-game notes from their public relations department, let's just kind of put some context to the way the Brewers have been playing recently. In their last 20 games, the Brewers have gone 15-5. and In their last 15 games, they have gone 13-2. and They are 8-1 and in their last nine. Prior to this stretch... The team was a season low, two games under 500. That's when they were 21 and 23. They have gone to 10 games over 500. So they have gone from two games under to 10 games over. So essentially, they have played 12 games over 500 uh, during this stretch. And, and remarkable about today's game. Brewers down 4 nothing going into the uh, bottom of the second. They score seven unanswered runs. This is the largest come-from-behind victory for the Brewers this season. Uh, previously, they had trailed against uh, Minnesota in a game 5-2 and ended up winning this game 6-5. I uh, I feel bad because the the Pirates are just a bad baseball team, and I don't I don't like just piling on a team when they're when they're not especially good. But even when the Brewers were down four nothing in this game, I, I I never really thought that they were in trouble. I never really thought that they were gonna lose this game. You're just waiting for the Pirates to make a mistake. You're waiting for. Either their starting pitcher, cool to kind of run out of gas, even though he's been very, very good against the Brewers throughout the course of his career, or you're waiting for one of their bullpen pitchers to, to kind of blow up. You're just wait with the Pirates, you're just waiting for something like that to happen. And it did, and the Brewers were able to uh, take advantage. 855-616-1620 is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get to a text after we introduce Craig Kishon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Hey Craig. What's up, buddy? Good game. Yeah, we need to um, we need to get you a stopwatch, and we need to time you from 
from Nelly's corner up to the uh, up to the booth and see what kind of time you can can you make, can make to get up here. Well, you'd be surprised, you know, slamming a couple of beers on the way up. In fact, you get them down that fast. Uh, just kidding, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but um, it's all good, man. It's all good. You, you got uh, good TV shows, good radio shows right here. The team's winning in a, in a way. I, I'm not sure I saw this coming that they're 16 and four in their last 20 games, and I, I'm most happy that they. They have uh, gotten their winning at home scenario down. That's been very important. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned kind of finding ways to win in different ways, and we got a text from Doug that said, "Good sign to win a game when one of the big three isn't right on his game." Talk about Corbin Burns not having a great game set up, but still don't like both those guys being out of the lineup at the same time. Mentioning Avisao Garcia and Luis Arias getting a day off on the same day. Said, luckily Yelich came through, and then he said Robertson, Bradley, Reyes. That was scary. Mentioning those three guys in the lineup, and really, we've talked about this a lot. The Brewers take a lot of. I don't know if pride is the right word. The Brewers, when they put together a team, they want to make sure that they have depth. And the depth goes beyond the 26-man roster. But they are an organization that strongly believes that they've got to have 30-plus guys who are going to be able to have a positive impact on the organization and on the big league roster and help contribute to win. So I get it when, when somebody sees the lineup includes those names, there might be this, this sense that this isn't a group that's built to win. And they could. You know, there's going to be days where you have that kind of lineup in there and you don't win because some of those big bats are in there. But there's also going to be a fair amount of games like this one today where those type of guys are in the lineup and they find a way to win. Well, and, you know, they're they're kind of in a bind. I, I think it's easy for us to say they're playing really good baseball right now and they're winning and, and those wins are adding up and they're doing some things to pick up each other and all that, which is which is all great. You have to have that. And I think the silver lining in that is if if you keep this going until you get your big guns back and you get some guys that are healthier and more productive, you know, in that lineup and doing their thing, um, those are big. So to me, I, I, I have a hard time being overly critical of what this lineup and what this roster looks like here in the second week of June, considering I didn't expect to come to the ballpark today and, and hear that Tyrone Taylor is going to be put on the injured list either. I mean, this is crazy, the number of uh, players, and especially the outfield, that, that has suffered injury here right now. It's just it's just crazy. And um, I think Lopes today, was he the 42nd or 45th player? <sighs> I think it's 45, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look. That's a lot and, and I of mean, players. What's today's date? June, June 12th? June 12th, yeah. I wrote it down somewhere. I'll, I'll dig it up to confirm. But, I I mean, that's that's just astronomical to think about that right now. 45th player. It, insane. 45th player right. on a 26-man roster. And you only have a 40-man roster, so they've already exceeded the 40-man roster by five guys right. two months into the season. Right. Yeah. Uh, a text message from the 414. If the Brewers are ever healthy again, what players do they keep up to play? Seems like everyone contributes day to day. It's someone stepping up. Um, first off, I think I think injuries, look around Major League Baseball. Injuries are a, this is not a Brewers thing. Some years away, it feels like it's a Brewers thing that they're suffering a lot of injuries. This year, it is not a Brewers thing. Right. Every team across I mean, Major League the Baseball. Padres, yeah. the, the Padres. Yeah, the yeah. Mets. Everybody. And, and guess what? For the most part, 
teams have done a really nice job of overcoming those injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't name a team off the top of my head that has suffered through a number of injuries that hasn't, you know, done a pretty good job of holding it together. To be honest, yeah, with you. I would agree. I would, and, uh, and they, that's kudos to the whole league one, and this franchise. I've got one team for you, the Yankees. They've had a lot of injuries. Yeah. They're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do this year. Is that well? Okay, I, I don't know. You. I don't know if it's injury related, yeah. but they've yeah. they have injuries and they're underperforming. So if yeah. you want to find one team, yeah. that's no, it. No, you're you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, but again, and, and there are thirty teams, yeah. so somebody's got to. Uh, but the, I think look, there's there's guys who are in the lineup today who, if everybody's healthy, Jace Peterson probably not going to be here. The guy that was called up today in Lopes, probably not going to be here. We've seen Pablo Reyes, who I think has given the Brewers really good uh, performance when he's got an opportunity. We've seen him uh, get sent down during the course of the year as well. So there's guys that are going to be up and down. Tyrone Taylor's another guy who's probably still got some AAA at-bats in him uh, before this year comes to an end, especially once Lorenzo Kane is back. But Kane's not going to be back anytime soon. That's an extended absence for him as well. Uh, but I think I think the main point being is that if you think that when Lorenzo Cain and when Colton Wong are ready and Travis Shaw are ready to come off the injured list that the Brewers are just going to be whole, they're probably not. I think injuries are going to be something that exists all year long. Well, in my opinion, with uh, 45 players used already, and I don't know what game number this is off the top of my head here for, for Milwaukee, but um, what are we in here? Game number 64 played today. Okay. And they've used 45 players. They could get the 90 before the end of the year. I know they won't because things change. I think, you know, by you know mid-July going into beginning of August, things are really hopefully going to solidify for this team and – and, you know, if they do make a major move and bring somebody in from outside the organization to, to fill a, a major hole, you know, it's only going to help this team at this point. But, yeah, I think I think looking at this roster or however it's been here in the first, last month or so, it's too hard to predict. Um, you, you're guaranteed a lot of these names that have been up and down are not going to be likely be a part of what's going on. That's for sure. Hunter Strickland's going to be player number 46 tomorrow in all likelihood. Yeah. So, by the way, the breakdown on that of the 45, 22 pitchers, 5 catchers, 10 infielders, 8 outfielders. 5 catchers. 5 catchers. Mario Feliciano, Lee Kmele, Omar Narvaez, Jacob Nottingham, Manny Pena. Feliciano had his one game. He drew the walk, or yeah, he drew the walk, which ended up extending the inning, and the Brewers came back and won. He had the game-winning run on that walk-off. Yeah. Not an official at bat, though, Right. Right. Was he a pinch runner? Did he? Maybe he was a pinch I think run. he was a pinch runner. And, yeah, you and might scored. be right. So, has he been in the majors yet? Uh, he's, How does he's, that work? he's on a box score. He's on a box <laughs> score. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah. So, eight five five six one six one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. We're live at American Family Field. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Got a run, too. Swinging a bouncer down the third baseline. Hit by Evans. Long, strong throw and safe is Corbin Burns. He hits the deck after he hit the bag and went down, but he's all right, and the Brewers are on the board. Brewers get the win today as they knock off the Pirates by a seven score. I'm Matt Pauley. That's Craig Kishon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Just uh, 
to put a bow on what we were talking about earlier, it was a walk for Mario Feliciano in that way. So he's one major league plate appearance, and he is the fifth catcher who has been used this year uh, by the Brewers. Back then, talking about all the players that have been uh, that have been used. It's at 45 right now. It's going to be at 46 uh, when Hunter Strickland arrives. And speaking of pitchers and what they're able to do, Craig, I talked about this a little bit before you got here, but it certainly is worth doubling back. The job that Trevor Richards did today, coming into a bases-loaded, no-out situation, and all you're really hoping is that he doesn't give up three runs or more. You you yeah. take one, you take yep. two, yep. and you consider that a victory. For him to put up the goose egg there, that was that was some special stuff. That, that was uh, without question his his best outing in a Brewer uniform and the opportunities he's had. And and um, look, I mean they they acquired him in that trade with the with Adamas from Tampa Bay, and. That he was trying to fill a big hole in that bullpen when they traded uh, J.P. Fireisen and uh, and Rasmussen away. I mean that they took a chance there, and and you know it's not going to be filled right away. But here's a guy that has had you know some success in this league, not not a ton, but it's a new system now, mm-hmm. and and I think he struggled a little bit out of the gates. But you know the the uh, outing before today's was quite equal in Cincinnati had three strikeouts as well in the inning of relief he went in. So you got to look at that and say, maybe he's finding something with this team here because they desperately need someone to be able to come in the fifth and the sixth inning on days like this and and do the job and, and either hold the lead or keep, keep the team within striking distance. The Brewers have an incredible track record in – Improving the stock of in-season acquisitions when it comes to relief pitchers. Think about the money that this organization has made for Drew Pomerantz, Jordan Lyles, Anthony Swarzak. I mean, guys who left Milwaukee and signed big money deals because of what they did with the Brewers. So when they go get a guy like Trevor Richards and they get their hands on him a little bit, same thing with Hunter Strickland coming in. He he put up good numbers to start the season at Tampa Bay at a sub-2 ERA, but then he goes to the Angels, did not have good numbers, had an ERA close to 10. If you are a relief pitcher that is scuffling for another team and you get that phone call, from your GM or you get called into the manager's office and you're told, hey, we've just traded you to Milwaukee, you should be thanking everybody involved because this is the organization that's going to give you the best chance to reinvent, maybe not reinvent, but yeah, sure, let's go, reinvent yourself to a place where you can be really successful. Well, they, they have a system down here, and I, and I think, well, every organization does, but I, I think it's really um, started to shine and, and take a spotlight when – you know, earlier this season, you, you had guys like Fireisen and, and Rasmussen that were saying part of my success or a large part of my success so far here in the 2021 season is that I was here a year ago with this club. And I, and I went through, you know, there's growing pains, there's some learning, there's, uh, there's some understanding, and, and you're doing it on the major league level. And then, and then these guys were able to start out the year very well. And they put themselves in position to these two guys that I'm talking about to, to go to another contender. And sometimes you have to give up something to get something. And, and right before that trade was made, I think you and I were talking about, would this organization ever get to a point this season where they might trade away somebody out of their starting rotation to acquire maybe somebody in the infield? 
uh, to secure a playoff run. Give up something that's important to you to get something that could be even more important to you right now. And obviously, shortstop was was a key spot where they needed to shore up, and and they were able to do that. They have made two trades at the shortstop position already this year. No one would have predicted that when they broke for spring training. No, absolutely not. And I don't I don't know if anybody really thought that Orlando Arcia had uh, had a long-term future with the organization. Uh, quite honestly, the day they said he's going to be playing some third base, you kind of knew that this just isn't going to work. Uh, but a lot of people were questioning, did they make the right trade when they sent Arcia away and kept Arias? And now the way things have worked out, because I think Luis Arias is much more built to be the utility infielder oh, who can go yes. play second, short, yeah. and third than Arcia was ever going to be. So now the way the roles have set up now, and maybe that was always in, you know, we hear David Stearns and Matt Arnold say that they've been in conversations with the Rays for a long time about Adamus, and you knew that the longer it, because the, the Rays have one of the top uh prospects in all of baseball at the shortstop position so at some point there wasn't going to be the need for Adamus anymore in Tampa Bay so if the Brewers are saying they're playing the long game if they make the decision early on that you know what we're going to get this guy from Tampa Bay we're going to give the shortstop job to Arias for a little while but we've got in our back pocket that he can go back to that utility role and really do a nice job with that when we go get the guy who's really going to be the shortstop moving forward if if they had that in their head if that was their gamble because if that, I mean, it's, that's kind of some next level stuff, what I'm talking about right there, but it's all worked out in a really good way. Yeah, it has. And, and I think, you know, for an organization like this, we know how important it is for that up the middle defense to be there. But um, not only does the defense have to be there, the maturity has to be there, the work ethic has to be there, and the productivity has to be there. And it has to fit for the guys that are making the, the decisions moving forward and and who to surround your key shortstop with in that infield in that outfield in in the lineup and you know with Urias he, he he's got that he's got the same qualities that Adamas has right now and I'm not saying Orlando RC doesn't have those same qualities but I think the fit with this organization at the time was was wearing pretty thin but that was over a number of years too so um is surprised as we all have been at what has happened at shortstop this year. Um, look, that's a really important position, and and they've done a they've done a great job having this guy on board because what a teammate he's turned out to be. Brewers get the seven four win over Pittsburgh. They do it without the best outing from Corbin Burns. We'll discuss his day. We'll do that next. It's Brewers extra innings. Back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers extra innings with Matt Foley. Looking for another zero from Burns right here. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. A half-hearted swing at that curveball down in the dirt. And it's a strikeout of Phillip Evans. Corbin Burns locking it in. 7-4. Brewers come up with the win over the Pirates today. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Sean from Valley Sports Wisconsin here as well. 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Did you happen to see on social media, Craig, the uh, what happened today with uh, Brett Phillips and, uh, and Jorge Lopez by any yeah, chance? I did. That was pretty special, wasn't it? Yeah. So for people who don't know, two former Brewers, uh, Phillips is with Tampa Bay, Lopez is with Baltimore, and Lopez is pitching to Phillips, and they're very good friends. They came up basically in the same class in the minor leagues and were teammates for years and years and years. Lopez drills 
Phillips. And Phillips, as a joke, takes a step out towards the mound like, you want to fight? Looking mean. Yeah. Yeah. And um, everybody thinks it's serious. And the home plate umpire, I think it was Nick Marley, the home plate umpire comes running and gets in front of Phillips and everything. And then he just starts laughing like no other because it's all a big joke. It was a really a cool moment. I would have loved to have been down there to, to hear Phillips went into his excessive laugh that is like no other. I, I don't think it probably got that way, but it was uh, – look it up if you haven't seen it. It's pretty priceless. And, and I'm, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I could not be happier for Brett Phillips. He's been on uh, Tampa's roster all year and, and uh, may not be playing every day, may not have a starting role every single day, but um, it, he's contributing. Yeah. And there isn't a better guy in this no. game. I, I wish I wish he could have hit here. Uh, sooner. Um, I know when they traded for him, they thought by 2017 he might be the starting center fielder. Um, he can play some defense, but um, you know the bat didn't come around in time. But I, I'm really happy for him. It was fun watching him in the World Series last year and stuff, too. It was. And that's uh, anytime we see him do something, try to pass that along. And that's a that's an all-time moment right there. <laughs> he, he drills him. He, he takes one look out, and he couldn't help but laugh right away. It, it happens that fast, which is which is priceless, really. Uh, so back to the Brewers. Corbin Burns today. Only makes it four, goes four-plus, does not get an out in the fifth inning when the, the bases were loaded. Uh, four runs, two earned on eight hits, eight strikeouts, three walks. Look, Burns did not get help behind him today. Oh, man. He, uh, he, this, was a, this was a day that is, you know, while his fielders let him down, the hitters picked him up at the same time. You know, it's a, there's, there's multifacets here to, uh, to, to the game of baseball. So he doesn't get help behind him, but he certainly got some help uh, at the plate, and he helped himself at the plate for that, for that matter as well with what he was able to do. But this is one of those early on in the season, if it was a Woodruff day, a Burns day, or a Peralta day, and they weren't at their best the Brewers were probably not going to win that game. And in fact, that game might have gotten out of hand. Today, Burns is not at his best, and the Brewers are still able to win. Which goes to show you how far they've come and goes to show you where they are, too, with the fact that this roster is still beat up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, here, here's the thing about what we're seeing lately with this club. We're not seeing uh, the everyday guys because there's so many guys on the injured list right now. But they have guys that that they can count on. They have guys that um, still want to prove themselves. They have guys that want to work at this level. So think about all the all the uh, players this team out of, out of the uh, forty five, whatever we're talking about numbers wise, that are desperate to play at the major league level. They don't want to go back and play minor league baseball. They've been a part of this organization for a little while. Some of these young guys have, and they have a lot to prove. And there's no better place to do it when you're showcased on this level. And and today they couldn't get to certain balls, but but it didn't mean there were uh you know a ton of errors or anything. It wasn't like that today. But you got a veteran guy like um, like Burns, the way he's pitching. I know he's still young, but to me he's just so veteran right now with what we're seeing out on the mound. He just decided to kind of take this game into his own hands. And after that second inning, buttoned down his pitching drove in the first run and that's what sometimes that's all you're going to get is four plus innings out of a guy like that and he was 
when when he came out, your the, the Valley Sports Wisconsin camera was on him in the dugout, and it was it was a range of emotions because you could tell he was internally really angry that he wasn't out there, and he just kept shaking his head. But at the same time, well, he, he at, was also PO'd at uh, at David Rackley the whole yeah. plate on part because he gave him an ear. I was, I thought maybe he'd get ejected. I did too. On yep. the way out because he let him have it twice. And and so and then that carried in the dugout. You're absolutely right. But and sidebar on Rackley, like I don't think he had a very good strike zone today. But he would have made it worse by throwing Burns out. Yeah. Rackley did not look at Burns. You know, he heard every word that was oh, saying it because we could hear. Yeah. It. yeah. But Rackley just looked forward and let Burns get in what he wanted to say. We don't have a lot good to say about Rackley, but I'll compliment him on that. He did not make the situation worse. He did not insert himself into it. The pitcher's already gone. Burns never stopped and moved toward. Him, just let him say what he wants to say and let him go. So that was a good job by Rackley to not make that situation get even more escalated beyond that. But again, watching Burns in the dugout, it was fun because as upset as he was at the situation, he became cheerleader number one for Richards, and he was fired up on those first two strikeouts and then beyond fired up when the final out was recorded. Yeah, I mean, teammates pick each other up, and, and you can't go in the dugout and say, you know, I didn't think I did my job tonight, so I'm going to go sulk like this. That's not that's not who this team is about so that was good to see and um you know burns burns doesn't care if he doesn't get a win he just wants his team to win all these guys do and that's the bottom line starting pitchers your team wins at the end of the night. 7-4, the final score. Brewers get the win over the Pirates. They're going for a serious sweep tomorrow afternoon. The postgame comments manager, Craig Council, those are coming up after the news. The news begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. First pitch. Yelich will drive out to left. Back on it is Tom. At the track, it's over his head and up off the wall. Reyes is going to score. Peterson around third. He will score. Here comes Vogelback home to the plate. He's in there, and the Brewers lead it 5-4. to four. Brewers score the final seven runs of this game. They beat Pittsburgh 7-4, coming back from that 4-0 deficit. Brewers' extra innings continues live from American Family Field on WTMJ. Corbin Burns got the start today, wasn't his normal self, went four, giving up four runs, two earned on eight hits, eight strikeouts, three walks. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media just a few minutes ago, and he discussed Burns' day. Uh, Yeah, we probably owed Corbin one of those, and... Yeah, he just he got soft contacted. Uh, unfortunately, it's just they they put some balls where we just we couldn't we couldn't get them, um, and, and it led to four runs. And um, you know, give him credit for that. I mean, they just they kind of put the bat in the ball and, and waited him out a couple times. Um, but we our offense did a nice job. We, we we put pressure on Cool a whole bunch, and I thought Vogie's at bat where he walked before Yelich was was a heck of a at bat. Um, and then we, and then the best thing after Yelich to say we kept going. You know, we, we we got the lead there, but we kept going and added a couple more on. Um, and then Trevor Richards just did a fabulous job. That 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 fifth inning when he came in, bases loaded, nobody out. Um, you know, that's obviously the best that we've best inning we've seen him have, and that was that was a pretty special inning. Um, he really humped up and made some great pitches. No longer the forgotten man in the Davis trade. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Everybody forgets you got a second player in that trade. Craig, what exactly? I mean, I, I say this generally, but what goes into kind of deciding who you want to bring in from the bullpen and then obviously more specifically going with Trevor in that situation? 
Um, well, I mean, I think every day you, you have some guys that are, aren't available. Um, you have some guys that are, you know, multi-inning available for multiple innings. Um, you, you, you know, you start kind of from the back of the game and you work back to the, you know, you know, Josh is going to pitch the ninth if you're ahead. And then, so you, you kind of work backwards. That's how you start it. And so, um, you know, Brent was unavailable today. We weren't going to use him. Um, I really wanted to stay away from Brad Boxberger today. I, we haven't been able to give him two days off like, enough. And, and so I really want to stay away from him also. Hobie was down today um, uh, with, with pitch, pitching a bunch lately. So it was fairly easy choice in that one. And, and we knew we were going to need two from Trevor if we had a short start from Corbin today. Craig, you, you mentioned the at-bats you guys had against Cool. That guy's been hard on you guys. You, you guys had never beat him. You know, and, and not small sample size either. Um, what what changed today? Well, we were we were patient today for sure. I mean, he was a little erratic, um, and especially with his fastball, I thought his slider was was probably his best strike pitch today. Uh, but he's a little erratic with his fastball. Um, but he has he's he's chewed us up a couple of times in the, in this park. He's chewed us up pretty good. So we just we just made him work for everything. Um, and, you know, it, it was, you know, there's one out in the fourth and he's sitting at 94 pitches. Um, and, and so, you know, you're doing a pretty good job against the guy when, when you're in that scenario. Craig, with just how good the starting rotation has been, especially Corbin, you don't often have to ask the pen for five innings, but for them to give up nothing, um, is that, you know, just their consistency throughout the game of limiting damage? Yeah, I mean, we've had two of these games in the last, you know, three days. Really, we had the game on on in Thursday in, in Cincinnati with the rain and, and Freddie getting sh- shortened out, and so the bullpen's been up to the task um, for sure, and that they're in a, they're they're doing a nice job, and it's a, like a day like today shows you everybody's contributing, and that's what you know. We're in a good stretch, and when you're in a good stretch, uh, you need your you're going to need your whole roster to, to contribute to it. So Eric Yardley pitches a real clean inning, and Trevor Richards pitches two innings, and and you get a win. Um, and that's how you keep these things going. Um, Pablo Reyes had a nice day, uh, swing the bat, um, and so you, you we got a couple guys a day off. Um, so that's that's what you need to have happen to to keep this thing going. Craig, go. So, radio listeners, tune us in. That you'll have an excuse that tomorrow. Yeah, I will be. I will. Uh, I'm going to miss tomorrow um, to to attend uh, my son Brady's uh, high school graduation. So, Mr. Murphy will be in charge. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have a good day tomorrow. Is Mrs. Council taking away your phone so you can't follow the game while you're at the ceremony and pay attention? <laughs> um yeah the cer- the ceremony's right in the middle of the game so i i will um i don't i i may just it might be a good idea just to leave the phone at home you're right um that, that's probably that's probably the best idea it does have to be a special moment to be able to to you know the fact that the team is home during this and be able to share that a lot of guys miss a lot of things with their kids growing up in baseball it just has to be a special moment for you yeah, it's um, it, it. I think anybody that does this, you know, missing a day is it feels strange. It feels it's going to feel odd tomorrow, but um, it's it's a big day for our family, and it's an important day um, for our family. Um, 
And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate and, and really, really happy. I'm going to be able to be there. What do you give salt from Starkville? Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. He he told me in about the sixth inning. He pranced uh, down the tunnel or up the tunnel, and uh, he was he was very. Uh, I, I'd call it pranced too. That's exactly what he was doing. He was uh, he was very happy with the result. The, the umpires must have got to the Irish close game in Starkville. Your roommate's uh, son won the deck on it. They did, yeah. I, I, I saw he had two hits last the first time I checked, so he had a good day too. If you're not familiar with what was being referenced there, uh, Notre Dame and Mississippi State were playing a super regional against each other, and uh, the best of three series, I believe it finished up. Uh, Mississippi State uh, got the win, and they got like 14,000 people at, at Mississippi State watching these uh, games. I think it was the largest crowd in the history of super regional baseball, and uh, Mississippi State, the alum of um, of Brandon Woodruff, uh, they were so okay. That was game one of the best of three series. So uh, they won nine eight today in Starkville, and then uh, they'll play one more game tomorrow, and then if necessary on Monday. So Notre Dame isn't out of it yet. Uh, but yeah, that's that was what was being referenced there at the end uh, with uh, with Council and Woodruff and uh, their allegiances to those two teams playing against each other. All right, we'll talk Brewers baseball. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers extra innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 7-4. Brewers get the win over the Pirates pitching matchup. Corbin Burns going for the crew. Chad Cool, who has uh, been pretty good against the Brewers historically, going for the Pirates. It would be the Pirates who would strike first in the top of the first inning. Adam Frazier leads the game off with a base hit. He steals second. Phillip Evans then gets a base hit. So runners on at the corners for Brian Reynolds. And the pitch. Bouncer right back up the middle. Knocked down by Burns, and he threw it past Vogelback down the right field line. Two runs are going to score. And on the third now goes Brian Reynolds. Ruled a straight three-base error on Burns as Reynolds gets all the way to third on the play. Next hitter is Colin Moran. He walks, then Jacob Stallings grounding into a double play. That allows Reynolds to score, and it makes it a 3-0 contest. Pirates would add to that lead in the second inning. It starts with an Eric Gonzalez triple. Next hitter is Kai Tom. And the pitch. Bouncer hit fair down the right field line into the corner. This is going to be another extra base hit. Tom around second. He's going to third. He's going to be in there with a standing three-bagger. It is 4-0 Pirates. Really, that no disrespect meant to the Pirates, but that was kind of the only legitimate hit that they really had there. There were some plays that weren't made. There were... Uh, some soft contact hits, things like that. Burns certainly deserve better than giving up four runs through the first two innings. But that was it. That's uh, all we would hear from the Pirates. The Brewers would uh, start the comeback in the second inning with uh, two outs. Pablo Reyes at the plate. Swinging a liner, and that one hit. Gonzalez in the leg, and he's hurting. Reyes a big turn and wisely will hold as the Pirates now through that ball. 
Woods is going to wind up at third base. Two errors assessed on that play. A fielding error on Eric Gonzalez, a throwing error on Brian Reynolds. Reyes at third in front of Corbin Burns. Got a run, too. Swinging a bouncer down the third baseline. Hit by Evans. Long, strong throw, and safe is Corbin Burns. He hit the deck after he hit the bag and went down, but he's all right, and the Brewers are on the board. They would add to uh, their run total in the third inning with one out. Christian Yelich gets a base hit, and then Omar Nervais at the plate with two outs. There goes Yelich, and this is a little soft liner. Going to get over the head of Frazier and down in right field. Polanco comes and plays it on a couple of hops. Yelich around third. He's going to score. Yelich scored from first on a single. His running the bases was a thing of beauty. It made it a 4-2 game. Corbin Burns had locked back in. Eric Gonzalez in the fourth inning leads the inning off by striking out. Then Tom strikes out as well. Back-to-back base hits from Chad Cool and Adam Frazier. But Burns gets out of the inning against Phillip Evans. Looking for another zero from Burns right here. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. A half-hearted swing at that curveball down in the dirt. And it's a strikeout of Phillip Evans. Corbin Burns locking it in. We didn't know at the time, but that would be the final out recorded by Burns. More on that in a moment. First off the bottom of the fourth inning, it gets started with a Pablo Reyes base hit. He then steals second. Corbin Burns at the plate. He strikes out looking at times. He was showing bunt during his at-bat, but never got anything uh, down. So that's the first out. Jace Peterson then walks. Daniel Vogelback then walks. That loads the bases for Christian Yelich. First pitch. Yelich, a drive out to left. Back on it is Tom. At the track, it's over his head and up off the wall. Reyes is going to score. Peterson around third. He will score. Here comes Vogelback, home to the plate. He's in there, and the Brewers lead it 5-4. to four. Daniel Vogelback scoring from first base on that, and that ends the day for Chad Cool. New pitcher is Clay Holmes. First batter he faces is Willie Adamas. Holmes set up on the first base side of the rubber. And the 0-1. This is driven out to right center field. This is going to plug the gap and bounce up into the Pirates' bullpen for a ground rule double. Six to four Brewers. And they're still not done. Next hitter, Omar Nervias. Holmes 2-2 pitch. Brown ball back up the middle and into right center field for a base hit. Adamas around third. He's going to score. It's an RBI single for Narvaez, and the Brewers lead it 7-4. That would be it for the run scoring in the game, 7-4. That would be the final score, but there certainly was still action in this one, most specifically in the top of the fifth inning. Corbin Burns back out to pitch. First battery faces Brian Reynolds. He gets a base hit. Then Colin Moran singles, so runners on at first and second in front of Jacob Stallings, who walks. That loads the bases with nobody out. At that point, Craig Council goes to the bullpen. He calls on Trevor Richards. So Richards comes in in a really tough spot. Bases loaded, nobody out. First battery faces Gregory Polanco. Two balls, two strikes, the pitch. Hey, struck him out, swinging. Polanco chased a high fastball from Trevor Richards. Next hitter, Eric Gonzalez. I, I didn't think he'd be able to finish the game, but he's he's hanging in there. He's still there. And the 1-2, he's not there anymore. A strikeout for Trevor Richards. Two outs, bases still loaded. Kai Tom at the plate. 
Corbin Burns on the top step of the dugout. Pulling for Richards, the pitch, hey! Struck him out swinging! He winds up striking out the side. Yeah, he does, and the Brewers hold on to that 7-4 lead. Richards was also a pitch, a scoreless sixth inning. In the seventh inning, Eric Yardley comes in, puts up a zero. In the eighth inning, Devin Williams puts up a shutout inning, and then Josh Hader comes on to uh, pitch the ninth. He is able to uh, close it out, and the Brewers pick up the win to win this one by a 7-4 score with the victory. The uh, Brewers, they continue to play good baseball. They improve to 37 and 27. And uh, with the loss, the Pirates drop to 23 and 40, the second worst record in the National League. Winning totals for the crew seven runs, eight hits, one air. They leave six for Pittsburgh. Four runs, 10 hits, two airs. They leave 10. Winning pitcher Richards, he is 1 0. The loss to Cool, he's 0 4. Hader picks up the save. His 16th of the year. No home runs were hit in this game. It lasted three hours and 34 minutes. Played in front of a uh, boisterous crowd of 20,126 folks. Brewers get the win over the Pirates 7-4. When we return, we'll look to uh, tomorrow's series finale. And uh, we'll also go around the National League Central and around the Brewers minor league system as we wrap things up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap things up after the Brewers come up with a 7-4 win over the Pirates. They've taken the first two games of the series. They'll look for a series sweep tomorrow afternoon. More on that in a moment. First, let's go around the National League Central. One game in progress. They are in the top of the sixth inning down at Wrigley, and the Cubs lead the Cardinals by a 7-2 score. Cardinals took a 1-0 lead in the top of the second, and the Cubs came back with five runs in the bottom of the inning. And, uh, yeah, right now it is 7-2. Cubs in the top of the sixth inning. The Cubs go on to win that game. Uh, they will stay even with the Brewers in the division. The only other game in the division today, the Reds defeat the Rockies by a 10-3 score. The Rockies' struggles on the road continue. The Rockies are now 5-26 and as a road team this year, which is... Uh, which is just incredible to say. Five and twenty-six. That's it's hard to be that bad. Wade Miley, seven innings, three runs, two earned on six hits, three strikeouts, one walk. He picks up the win as he goes to six and four. So as we take a look at the standings right now in the NL Central, you've got uh, the Brewers in first place over the Cubs by a half game. Likely that'll be a tie once uh, the Cardinals Cubs game does wrap up against seven two top of the six. Cubs lead that game. Cardinals right now are four and a half back. They would be five games back. The Reds also five games back. And then the Pirates are 13 and a half games back. Around the Brewers minor league system AAA Nashville. They're in action right now at home against Indianapolis and Indianapolis leads 4-0. That game was midway through the fifth. AA Biloxi at home against Mississippi. Mississippi has a 1-0 lead in the top of the eighth inning. High A Wisconsin losing right now at South Bend 5-2 and Low A Carolina 
Carolina. They have a lead right now at Kannapolis by a 9-2 score. Brewers getting set for the series finale against the Pirates coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field. Adrian Hauser will go for the crew. Right-hander is 4-5 and five with a 3.66 ERA. Will Crow will get the start for the Pirates. He is 0-4 with a 7.26 ERA. 110 first pitch coverage at 12:35 on our sister station 94.5 ESPN. And then I'll be with you after the game for Brewers extra innings once again. The Bucks here on WTMJ tomorrow. That means Brewers baseball tomorrow can be heard on our sister station on the FM dial 94.5 ESPN.